The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, good morning. It's really good to see everybody this morning. I love being here. This has been a great morning so far. Um, I've been so encouraged by the service, by the the spirit that I feel here as I sit and as I worship. the, the blessing that was just given is such a testimony to the life that is in this church and, of, uh, and the, the, the kids that are being raised to love the Lord and to serve Him. It's just, it's really wonderful. Um, I love the music. I love the worship. And I didn't ask Brett to do this, but he sang three of my most favorite songs this morning. So um, I think about that song that, you know, just singing about the amazing love of God. Uh, is something that we're going to, to talk about this morning, and that amazing love that is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and then that love that is to flow out from us and produce this wonderful uh, fruit that is not of us, but it is of God. And we are vessels, we are instruments, we are visual aids to the world um, of what God, of who God is and God's love for us. When Ben asked me if I was, uh, would be willing to come and speak today, uh, and I realized that it was Mother's Day, and then he asked if I could preach on love as the first fruit of the Spirit, and I thought, well, that's a really nice combination. <laughs> um, because my first thought when I think about Mother's Day is a mother's love for her child that knows no bounds, really. Right. Um, I can remember my mother and my grandmother saying frequently, in many different <laughs> tones of voice, um, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you. And, and it was true, right? That there was nothing that they, wouldn't, that they wouldn't do. Now, sometimes that engendered feelings of love, sometimes that engendered feelings of guilt, you know, sometimes, I mean, I had all kinds of responses to that, but at the end of the day, it was true. There is nothing that they wouldn't do for me. And it was an early look, and as, as I've gone through life and raised my own kids, um, that parental kind of love is, is, is a way to enter uh, the love of, of God. And, and I realized that, that on a day like this, on, on Mother's Day, when we're, the, the one thing that can be said about mothers, regardless of our experience with, with motherhood, is that mothers give life. We are all here because we had a mom, and that mother gave us life. And those who either are, are mothers or step into those roles for whatever uh, life circumstances may happen, uh, mothers feed, they nurture, they encourage, they guide, they stick with, they walk with, they educate, they teach us. I mean, all of these things are important for us to become adults. We need the, 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 the nurturing love of a mother. And isn't it interesting that the, the, the things that mothers do, the life-giving, the feeding, the nurturing, the walking along beside, is what the Holy Spirit does for us. The Spirit who gives us new life, the Spirit that walks with us, that guides, that instructs, that teaches, uh, that is always there, the presence of Christ, the Spirit in us, nurturing us, leading us. And this divine love that we have is a gift 
from God in Christ. And it is the kind of love that is not of us, but it's a love of another kind. It's the love of God that as in Romans 5, one of my favorite verses, Romans 5 verse 5, the, lo the love of God is poured into our hearts. And I want us to think about that this morning as kind of the start point. When we talk about love, and we talk about, uh, as, as, your, um, as your program this morning, spirit-empowered or the spirit-powered, right? This is not something that comes from us. This is something that comes from God, and it is poured into our hearts. Now, my first visual aid for this, and this is really going to date me, okay, but that's good, is Lotus 1-2-3. I hear knowing laughter. So some of you probably remember that. But way back when I was st still working for ExxonMobil, I remember the day when uh, Lotus 123, very first spreadsheet software that I was ever exposed to, we all had to go to training on this, right? And being accountants and planners, this was a big numbers thing. And at that point in time, when we were doing like balance sheets and prep preparing all of our five and all those plans, we had to do everything by hand. So now comes along this new thing, and it's going to do it for us. I mean, we have to put the, the, the information in, but there's this machine and this software that is now going to do automatic calculations and it's going to update everything. And I remember the first time seeing that. I, this is amazing, right? Now, what I didn't realize is how much more work it was going to create, but that's, you know, another subject. Um, but the whole point was it was my first exposure to the word download because nothing would work unless you downloaded it, right? But once the software was downloaded, then I could do things I could not do before, right? I could look at numbers and manipulate them and do all kinds of things that were brand new to me. And it was about the same time that I was undergoing my own spiritual transformation, and I was coming into an awareness of the Holy Spirit and I was seeing things in Scripture that I had never, ever seen before, although I had been raised going to church every Sunday of my life. And I hadn't really understood the grace of God, and I hadn't understood new life in the Spirit. And I remember right about that same time, hearing Romans 5 for the first time, that there is some, the love of God is downloaded into me. And that was a wow. <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. This means that the life that I'm called to live in Christ is not all up to me to do. It's, it's given by the grace of God. It's given by faith through Jesus Christ. And now the Spirit comes and is going to walk with me and produce fruit. It's going to produce an effect. And it's not going to be of me. And so reading Galatians again for the first time, right, the fruit of the Spirit, I began to see that life in Christ really is something very different from life in the flesh. It's love when we are, when this basic quality of God is now part of us. Life becomes about sowing to love. It's, it's about making the world a better place because of the love that we live out in our lives through the Spirit of God. 
Love is not about quarreling. It's not about wrangling. It's not about living for self. It's not about giving the, 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 the right answers all the time and fighting for this or that. And it's not about turmoil or chaos. It's about none of that. It's about living the life that God was, would have us to live because it's his nature. It's his spirit that is now in us. And the first articulation of this fruit of the spirit, this this production from God in us is love. And so as I began to think about, okay, well, let's talk about love this morning, I thought, well, I'd like to stick with Galatians because as, as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, I imagine that, that Paul may have some fairly specific things in mind in terms of what that might look like as we, uh, as we enact that. There's a lot that could be said. Uh, it, would, it would fill up, you know, years of Sundays to talk about all the different aspects of love. But for the purposes this morning, since the, our series is taken from Galatians, I wanted to kind of stay in that world, uh, the world of Galatians, and talk about some things that I think Paul might have in mind in terms of what love looks like. Um, as a minister, and have been a, being a, even though I'm in kind of an academic now, my 20 years of my life before that was spent doing this, right, every Sunday, you know, and working with a congregation. And I realized that, that, that preaching is really the last thing that you do, right, in, in ministry. It's really about loving the people, getting to know the people, loving the people, and then the sermons kind of come out, come out of that um, experience, and I just, I began to think about how important it is to talk about where the rubber meets the road kind of stuff, right? Because it's easy to talk about love theoretically, but when it, when pressed, it's like, okay, well, Charles, what does that mean to you in your life? What are some things that, that, that loving others, where does that make a difference for you? And so I'd like for us to think of three things this morning coming out of Galatians. Just the very next thing, after Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, there's um, some things that he says that follow in Galatians chapter 6. And I'd like to read that for you this morning, and then we'll talk about uh, some of those things. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For, is, for if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own load. Those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for, what you, reap, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. 
The first thing that strikes me in this passage that is an outworking of spirit-filled love is in verse 2. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Now, there's not very many passages that are this direct that says, if you do this, you then fulfill the law of Christ, right? And right here, we've got an amazing outworking, bearing with one another. Some of your translations may say carry each other's burdens. But if there's one thing we have in the Bible, and particularly um, leading up to Galatians, and I'm, I'm going to start in, in thinking about Genesis all the way through, we have a picture of a God who doesn't give up on us. We have a picture of a God who is long-suffering. We have a picture of a God who is patient. We have a picture of God who sticks with people no matter what, and he sticks with people even through the most horrible infractions of what it means to be a person and what it means to be a nation. This is something that is unmistakable about the character of our God. He bears with us, right? As, a, as an Old Testament person who spends a lot of time in Genesis, I am really thankful for a God who bears with, because if God didn't bear with, it would have all been over by Genesis 6. Amen. Humanity has a horrible track record, <laughs> right? I mean, we don't even, we're not even on the planet very long. I mean, we last three chapters before everything falls apart, right? And God has to start over. I mean, the, the grief of God that we read about, I mean, you would think, well, at least, you know, give us a couple of, you know, 100 years or however long that would be, but uh, no. The first story out of the shoots about murder between brothers. That's not very good, <laughs> you know, and then violence escalates from that to where the whole earth is filled with violence. God's heart is grieved and it's the flood comes, right? But God could have stopped there and would have had probably good reason to. But that's not what God does. God starts over. And from there on, there is, there is calamity after calamity, faltering after faltering. But God's steadfast love never ceases. We sang a song this morning, and I love the, well, actually we read a psalm this morning that talks about, you know, our love is like a mist. It comes and then it goes. Right? We're, we're not real good at hanging in there. <laughs> as, as humans, we tend to be, we're very temporal, right? But God's mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I love Psalm 136, which is a history psalm, li listing all the different aspects of the history, and after each line, the repetition for his steadfast love endures forever. No matter what happens, God is there. And so when we talk about bearing with one another, right, we're talking about the, the Spirit producing that kind of, um, I call it stick to right? <laughs> you know, that kind of not giving up on people. And this is the first thing that I would say that love produces that is, that is, that is an action that, that's lived out in us, is as people of God, empowered by love, we don't give up on people. We stick with people. 
no matter how bad it gets, right? We stick with them because God sticks with us, right? Love gives us the ability that we don't have naturally to be able to walk with people and carry their burdens. That's the good news because we all know in our flesh we wouldn't last very long, right? So personal experience, right? And this is, um, you know, well into my, well into my, ministry, right, dealing with all, with all kinds of people, somebody, there was a point in time when somebody really betrayed me. And it was probably one of the, it was not the most painful thing, but um, I think from experience, I think betrayal is just about, I think it's worse than death in some ways. The loss of trust you have for someone who you thought really cared about you. And I remember thinking, okay, I've got to get past this, right? I've, I've, got to, I've got to deal with this. And so, you know, I did the best I could to, to the, the person said they were sorry, right? And then forgave. And then bad stuff happened again. And the person said they were sorry. And I thought, okay, <laughs> all right, I get it. I understand, right? I mean, I forgive you. We're, we're going we're gonna. to. Then it happens a third time. And by this time, I'm like, no, 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 no. This, you know, this isn't going well at all. And if I just keep letting this person do what they're doing and the way it's affecting me, I'm just enabling bad behavior. And everybody's, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, you shouldn't enable this, right? And I thought, well, you know, I, there's something in me that says, no, you need to keep going. Well, as you might guess, it kind of kept happening because this is kind of the way this dynamic worked. And as the Lord is very faithful to do, especially when you're getting up to preach on the subject, I remember one Sunday talking about forgiveness and just hit square between the eyes about, you know, what does Jesus say about forgiving? If your brother if sins against you and he comes to you seven times, you have, if he repents, you must forgive him. How many times, they ask? Well, 70, not seven, but what? 70 times seven, right? Well, the accountant, mean, accountant in me does the math and says, so that's 490 times. I've given up at three. <laughs> this is, I, Lord, I'm not going to be able to do this. You, and sure enough, you know, through, through really praying and fasting and, and thinking about, okay, Lord, what do you want from me? It's, well, forgive, right? And I think this was, this was the idea of bearing with, carrying the burden, sticking with. No, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to be inconvenient, and it's not, it's, it's not going to feel good, and it's going it, to, it's, you know, everything's going to be upside, kind of upside down. But as, as brothers in Christ, bear with one another. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Love doesn't give up. Love, love hangs in there. Why? Because God hangs in there with us. Where would we be this morning? Where would you be this morning if God had not hung in there with you? Where would you be, this thing you struggle with, if God had not hung in there with you with his mercy and his forgiveness and his love? Where would you be?
right? God's love is poured into our heart, not by our ability, by his ability. We can hang in there with each other. The second thing is to share with one another. Now, this thing may, may, may seem really obvious. This, this um, passage, those who are taught the word must share in all good things with their teacher. Well, that has a very particular kind of, of context with it. But if we think about the principle here, it's the principle of what we have been given we are to share with others. If we have been forgiven grace, given grace and mercy, that is supposed to flow through us to other people. We're, we can't be spiritual hoarders, right, and just want all the blessings for me without being willing to share, right? And if we have been taught by people, certainly them through the, through the Spirit of God, right, if we've been given, then we are to let that pass on. And as I begin to think about this idea of, I call it pass-through, right? L love doesn't keep for itself, it's fluid, right? It just keeps, we receive, we give, we receive, we give, we receive, we get, and on and on. And on. That this is an asp, when that receptor, when, when we receive and it, it's get, it gets blocked, and we don't give to others what has been given to us, this is a pattern, even in the Old Testament, this is a pattern for articulating wickedness, right? The, the, the stopping of the blessing, right? In, in the book of Exodus, uh, a couple of times, even in the law, it said, you know, don't oppress an alien because you know the heart of an alien. You were one in Egypt, right? Um, you have been delivered. Treat other people the way you have been treated, right? Jesus picks this up. Right, in this story that he tells about the wicked, uh, the wicked servant, right? He owes all this money, the king forgives him, and then he goes out with all, having received all of this, and, and somebody owes him a far less amount of money, and he won't share that blessing, right? And that is when, you know, the king freaks out and goes and gets him and throws him in prison. And, of course, the lesson there is, you know, this is, in today's language, that's not cool, Right. What we have been given, the blessings we have been given, spiritual, material, emotional, whatever they may be, love drives us to share that with other people. Right? And so when, when God brings us people for ministry, right, or when we connect with people, then God has probably equipped us already with things that we are to share um, blessings that we are allow that we allow uh, to pass through to them. The last one, the third one. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap what you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right for we will reap at harvest time. We have to learn how to love other people. And we learn through the Spirit, right? A very, um, when I was, had been in ministry maybe 10 years, and I remember a morning when uh, my wife Jenny and I, we were, we were out on a, walk as we used to do in the mornings 
And, you know, I was just kind of um, venting maybe <laughs> a little bit about how, um, you know, I just wasn't, I just, you know, just how hard it was to deal with certain situations and, and some people who were particularly challenging, right? And I'll never forget what she said. She said, well, this is, this is what longevity in ministry is about, right? Um, you, you sort of, all the low-hanging fruit, you know, the things that are easy to do, the people that are easy to like, the programs that are easy to succeed, that's all over with. <laughs> now, you have to stick it out. And this is where we learn to really love people, right? And that was kind of a turning point for me when I realized that, you know, the last time I checked, it takes two people at least to love. It's not something I can learn by myself. I have to learn it through engaging with you. I have to be with you, I have to walk with you, I have to be in relationship with you so that we learn how to love each other. And the Spirit is very much at work in that. If I'm all off in a corner somewhere and I am not applying myself to practicing love, I am not, it, it's, I, I am not gonna reap that, that harvest. If I don't sow to love, then I won't reap the harvest, right? Um, I love teaching with Jim. J uh, Jim's like, I mean, I don't know what I'd do without him. That's really true. He's just absolutely wonderful. And I know sometimes we have these little conversations about, um, no names of course, but people who don't study. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, I, they, they, they sort of just expect things to magically happen. Right, you know, and just don't understand when the, the grade isn't bad, but they haven't really applied themselves. It's like, well, how did that happen? Well, <laughs> newsflash, right? You, you have to study. And I had this image the other day of, of someone not doing well in Jim's Greek class and going into, and you know, he and his very, um, very pastoral way, you know, well, you know, well, you know what's, go what's, what's, what's going on in your life? He goes, well, and, and to have the students simply say, well, I bought the book. <laughs> well, did you open it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> was that a possibility somewhere between, you know, January and April? Um, you know, and, and it's like, well, I, you know, I did one of the, home I tried to do one of the, but there's no application, right? I mean, I, I think we, we get this. I mean, I had the same experience teaching piano for years while my kids were growing up. You know, people would, they, they would come and they'd want to, they'd want to study with me and I'd be glad to, you know, to work with them, you know, and then they quit after a month and it's like, well, why? Well, you know, I can't, I, I'm not playing like I thought I would. Well, do you practice? Well, well, a little bit. Well, Here's the thing, with the piano, there's no mercy and grace. You, you practice and you get better or you don't, <laughs> right? You have to work at this, right? And I think this is one of the, 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 the rubber meets the road things about our spiritual life in community. We have to work at it, right? And by work, I don't mean work in a legalistic sense. I mean applying ourselves to what the Spirit is doing in us, right? So that we can actually build 
those relationships because this, the, the scripture is true, right? I mean, it, and, and I think it's so interesting that this particular passage falls where it does in Galatians right after this discussion of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Because the Spirit prompts, but we have to cooperate, right? It, it's not like we just sit back and the, you know, the, the Spirit just kind of magically does this stuff. I mean, we have to be engaged, right? We have to sow to the Spirit. And in time, in time, we will reap a harvest. And I have seen that happen over and over and over again. And I'm mindful, too, of what Jesus has to say in, in Matthew, right? With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, right? If, if our lives are characterized by negativity, being critical, being judgmental, being remote and distant, that's what we're going to reap. That's what's going to come back. If our lives are characterized by extending mercy, by loving other people, by walking with them, by investing in them, that's what's going to come back to us. Now, not tomorrow, maybe, but in due season. We plant in one season, and we reap in the next, right? I mean, nobody would expect to go plant a seed in your garden, and then the next day wake, wake up and say, well, where's the plant? We know that there's a seasonality to it. Right? And so Paul's encouragement for us here is to sow to the Spirit, to sow to love, practice love, engage in love. And in season, we will see that come back to us. And then finally, this whole passage kind of explodes in this one really wonderful statement. So then whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all and especially those of the family of faith, right? God is wanting us, or, you know, the, the, the Paul is wanting us to, to have an attitude where love frames everything that we do. Everything that we are, everything that we want to engage in should have that, that frame, love should be the frame through which we do the good. Love works for the good, not just of the family of God, but for everyone. So I'd like for us to close this morning um, by having, by just praying God and asking, asking him to come and to kind of cement these things in our hearts. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we thank you so much for your love for us and how you have given us your love through the Spirit. Father, I pray that this morning that, that you will awaken with us uh, a desire to, to stick with people, to not give up on them. As hard as it may be to just keep walking and to keep being your agent of grace. Father, I pray that you would help us to share the good things that you have given to us with other people. And Lord, I pray that you will prompt us always to sow, not to our flesh, but to sow to the Spirit, to practice love, to practice mercy, to practice allowing the things you have done for us to be the way in which we treat other people. And Father, we trust in the name of Jesus that you will bring the harvest in your time. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.